Welcome to the Taboo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, welcome to Taboo Church Podcast. I am Sean Thompson, and I'm here with the one and only Heath Midkiff. How are you doing today, Heath? Hey, hey, I'm doing good. How are you? You know, um, it's been an interesting week, but I'm alive and well and blessed. That's what a Christian should say, right? Here's a funny thing, <laughs> you, Heath. The appropriate, I was the appropriate at, things. I was at Hobby Lobby last night, um, and... And I was on FaceTime with my wife, Samira, and I was showing her everything in the store that said blessed on it. There was so many blessed. Everything in that store was blessed. Hashtag blessed. That whole so, store. It's a blessed store. It's That's a blessed. blessed store. Yeah. So That is Jesus's craft store. <laughs> it's, it's like Christian chicken, like Chick-fil-A. Right. This is like Christian, Christian crafts. Christian crafts. Actually, that's going to be our new YouTube show that we're launching Love this it. fall. Christian crafts. Christian crafts. Christian crafts. <laughs> and it's also our hip hop group. So whatever. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, twofold. Uh, we do hip hop and crafts every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Hip- on Twitch. Hip hop and crafts. That is Live an streaming. amazing show idea. Could you imagine? Actually, I feel like that would go really well in like a city like Portland, Boston, even probably like Austin. Some parts of Boston. Or just like. Yeah, we, I think hip hop, hip hop and crafts. Um, yeah, I think a lot of interesting people would go there. You know why? Because people would be thinking like hip hop and crafts, like craft beer. Yeah, and what they would be getting is hip hop and crafts. They would show up like, "Where's the where's the beer?" And they're yeah. like, "No, we're making scarves today, man." That's what I mean by interesting. You don't know like what's really about, and so no. everybody shows up and they're like expecting something completely different. Yeah. Right, I like it. Let's do it. Let's do some uh, cross stitch while uh, listening to some Run DMC. I don't Nickelback. know. Nickelback. Oh, I don't know. Never mind. That's I said Nickelback. I don't know. You're why. real white. That just made you look real white. <laughs> oh, well, if you you haven't heard Nickelback's new hip hop hit, wow, wow, yeah, hip-hop they don't have one album, they don't, and it's probably for the best. Look at this photograph. You know what I mean? Oh man, Nickelback. Whew, that was a band that was a lot had a lot of controversy. You know, either loved them or you hate. <laughs> You just loved them or hated them. You were either you loved them or you were hated for loving them. Um, yeah, yes, that's a true statement. But specifically Nickelback. I I um, never known anybody that actually liked them. I think they were the band that everyone just made fun of. Which I don't get because they had like a they had an okay sound. Right? It was like a it was a very streamy sound. Is there a mainstream sound? Well, the thing is with them is that. I don't know why we're talking about this right now. The thing that with them okay. is that every song, just go back and listen. It like sounds exactly the same. This is true. Same chords. Pretty much. Same. I don't know what a chord is, so it's fine. I just make, you know. You're like G? I know. And Are you flipping me off? <laughs> no, I was doing a G. For everyone that, that can't see us, because no one can see us, because we don't release a video, Sean just flipped a me G off cor- on camera. A G chord does look like a... a the middle That's finger. Right. I, I didn't even. I forgive uh, you, Sean. Thank you. I forgive um, yeah. because you're a Christian. Hey, Heath, what are we talking about today on the Taboo Church T- podcast? Today's today's podcast. We are going to be talking about uh, 
We're going to be talking about tithing. Ooh. We may talk about a few other like covenants, maybe if we have time, sacred covenants of, of Christianity, but tithing is what we're going to talk about. Mm. Yeah, man, that is hot topic issue all the time. I think yes, for a thousand years, maybe more. Could be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. There are people who are 100% like, I mean, I feel like there are people fall on all range of the spectrum, right? There's going to be people who are like, it's part of like, you have to do it. If you're a Christian, like there's no Mm -hmm. choice. Then there's people that are like, I do it because I feel good about it. And there's people that are like, I don't feel like you need to do it. And I don't do it. Yeah. And there's, I think there's even other categories of it. Cause I think that there's people who do it, but like, um, do it. In, like there's two different ways to do it. Like, okay, I give my tithe to this, um, instead of, and there's some people that are like, I only give my tithe to the church that I attend. Like that's specifically where I, you know, so there's even other camps of like, yeah. you know, some people are very quote unquote to the book of what they think is to the book. And then, and then some people are, yeah, kind of just can like pick where their tithes should go and yeah. so forth. There's, I, there's a lot of different options of it, I guess, but I, we may, I, I believe we're going to have different views on this. We may not, I don't know. Things could have changed based on what I think I know of you. Mm-hmm. And this is assumptions, but I'm not going to speak those assumptions. I'm going to let you share you your assuming? thoughts. Just kidding. But I'm not going to make an assumption here. Um, but we could have, you know, we could, we could fall similar or, or some, some, somewhat similar, or we could be completely separate. My feelings are going to be separate, but we'll just see how it plays out. I want to say real quick though, before we jump into it, that a lot of my views on tithe kind of tithe back. See what I did there? There's a little pun. Wanted to start the episode with a pun. Uh, (laughs) they tie back to my view on the overall church. Mm. So I am to just be really quick about it so we don't spend a lot of time on it because I don't think it's like very important to what we're talking about for tonight. But my views of the church are that I believe strongly in a church that looks like the book of Acts to the extreme, not mm. just print in principle. Yeah. Um, more than I believe in a church that is five campuses and two million people and yeah. campuses that are buildings that are worth and equipment's worth over a million dollars and things like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. And I mean, that's just the, that's the other end of the spectrum, right? There's a lot of things that fall in between those things, but totally just to give the comparison. So, yeah. What's interesting too, because since we are in a global pandemic, churches aren't really using that expensive equipment and all of their campuses. So it is interesting that it's true. I mean, I've heard people in ministry say, maybe God is calling us back to the ax church because that's really what we're needing to do right now for safety and so, yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's very interesting that you bring that up. Yeah, so, for sure, and we'll see where it goes. I think that church has definitely shifted, right? As we've gone through history, you definitely can point to certain points in history that that you can see like obvious turns where the church has like gone different directions based off of you know maybe it's cultural influence, maybe it's mm-hmm. spiritual influence. Yeah. Um, so, 
it definitely could be getting you prepared to make another big turn and go this way. So, yep, we'll see. But we shall. That's just that view kind of just encompasses. I just wanted to put that out there so it I can kind of tie back to it if I need to. So yeah. Well, where should we start? Um, do you want Do you want to go? Do you want to give me your like kind of overall view on tithe, or you want me to give you mine? Uh, I'll give you mine, I guess. Okay. I, I, I do think we probably differ just because I know we've talked about it personally as friends before. Yeah. Um, I think so. I my my experience with tithe is so I grew up in a pastor's home. I have been a pastor, um, and so it's hard. So I do come with a. Um, I am definitely pro tithe for a lot of reasons. Um, there is like the one of, of course reason is that like for a long time tithing is is the way that I was compensated for for the work that I did in the ministry um yeah. and so <clears throat> not that I think um it's like I deserve the tithe but I just believe I personally believe that's how um that's how the um the people who do the ministry you know, the, the leadership of the ministries, um, usually, uh, are provided for There's, there's different things. I know that in the Bible, the apostles were like Paul, uh, did other work for his, um, for his ministries, but he also was never like kind of planted at that church and only did that. He kind of started churches and went away. Anyway, there's a lot that I can go into that, but so I come from that angle, but also come from an angle that I was just always taught tithe by my parents and, um, and even just personally, I, I have, um, since, since I have become an adult and even gotten married, tithing has always been something that my wife and I have always done. Um, and honestly have, have never, um, like have never thought I shouldn't do this because for one thing, like, even in times where I felt like we, there's no way we can make it right now. It was, it was like, we would always make it financially, even when we didn't know how we would make it. Not to say that tithe uh, is the thing that helps you financially, but I think that it's an overarching, um, like trust in God that, that like honestly builds my personal faith. Um, And I, if I trust God with this 10% that not even that I'm, I honestly believe that tithe isn't giving tithe is a, a responsibility. Like for me, I, I, I really believe as I'm like studied tithing in the Bible, it's not a, to me, it's, it's like, this is what you bring. You bring your first fruits and then everything you give afterwards is giving. So sometimes it is weird when people say like, like giving your tithe. I don't think that personally giving like tithing is giving. I think it's, that's just what I do. And even now I, I, because I'm ADHD, I, I have to get my tithe taken out, taken out like every time I would get paid because I would forget, but I want it to happen because I, I really have seen that um, be beneficial for me. Um, so yeah, I, I come, I come from that angle. Um, there's like a quote, I was trying to find it. I, I had it written down a long time ago, but um, oh, here it is from Billy Graham. I, I really liked it. This, cause this is, this was how, how I believed. And even when I saw this, I was like, yes, this is how I believe too. So personally, I really agree with him. Um, he says, we are not giving God one tenth for it belongs to him already. This is a debt we owe not until 
we have given a tenth, do we actually begin making an offering to the Lord? So that's kind of how I've always seen tithe um, growing up and how my, my parents have explained it to me and just how me and my wife have done it. It's like, it's just a way that I want to continue to, to give. And yeah, and I could talk more about that as we talk back and forth because um, yeah. I'm sure we will. So yeah, that's my personal belief in it. Cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you went back a little bit, so I'll show you a little bit of my background. So my background, I came from a family who um, definitely, I mean, my dad wasn't a pastor or anything like that. So we were never in a position where we needed the church to tithe in order to survive as a unit, uh, as a family unit. Um, but they definitely told me about tithe. I mean, it was definitely something they mentioned. I think that for the most part, I remember them tithing. I, I don't really, I never really tracked it. So, but um, would, would remember them doing that um, from time to time in church. So I, I know that they participated. Um, and I really never had my own money. We didn't need to do like allowance or anything like that. So never really had my own money until I like started my first job. Um, and it honestly wasn't instilled as a, something that I had to do when I got that money. Um, and so from that point going forward in my life, I've definitely been on and off tither, um, have done it in periods where I, well, I could definitely tie it back to, to certain things. So I'm going to start with this. And while it's not every church, my f- issue number one with tithing is sometimes, and I'm trying to be very like PC, like mm-hmm. Christian PC about yeah. how I say this, but sometimes I feel like churches do use it as a manipulation tool to mm-hmm. bring money into the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I know churches need money to survive being kind of a part of the plant in with you mm-hmm. knowing a little bit about, I mean, I never really dug fully into finances, but the, you know, knowing a little bit about finances and, and seeing that side of church for the, really the first time of my life yeah, um, in ministry, you know, obviously see the need for if, if you're trying to achieve the goal that you've set out as a church to, to achieve, mm-hmm. then you have to have, you know, X, Y, and Z income to, to make that yeah. happen. Um, so, but I have been a part of churches where I I have personally felt manipulated Mm. and guilt ridden, but not because it was an internal. So like, I believe that the Holy spirit can convict somebody Yeah, and I have been convicted by the Holy spirit in different parts of my life throughout, throughout my journey. I know what that feels like, but I was being spiritually manipulated i believe in those moments to make me feel guilty where pastors would get on stage and say you know sometimes like you're a sinner if you don't tithe or say things like like if you're not giving then you're like outside of god's will Hmm. and if you're not giving then you're not going to receive any blessing that god's ever that god has in store for you and i feel like those are really strong words Mm -hmm. um so obviously, as you can tell, as I'm talking, I'm definitely not in the pro-tithe camp. I mm-hmm. come from a, a very, um, after like looking at it and studying it out for myself, I don't believe the tithe is for New Testament Christians. 
Um, I don't actually, some like, and I'm still, this is something I'm still struggling with and searching through, but I'm not even fully convinced that it was for Old Testament Christians hmm. because of, and uh, because of the way it's like laid out in the Old Testament and the repetitiveness, repetitiveness of it mentioning is kind of sporadic um, and seems tied to like one-time events more than an overarching theme. The danger there obviously is that something I can't fully know because the scripture doesn't say mm-hmm. fully straight out. Like for example, um, I don't mean to like go off on a bunch of different tangents, but <laughs> trying to keep it all, all together. My mind's just, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but for example, so um, Abraham um, in the old Testament is told to give a 10th to Melchizedek and does so. Um, But there's no like proof that Abraham regularly gave a 10th to God. We were see, we see that he was supposed to there, but we don't see Mm -hmm. it as like a, we don't see any kind of statement that says, and Abraham gave a 10th of everything he ever had for the rest of his years. Yeah. So, that is something I'm still struggling through. I'm not hundred percent set on any of that stuff, but that's kind of like what I'm looking at it from their angle, but let's take, take that aside. And you can respond to that if you want, let's take that aside and just focus on the, cause I do have more thoughts on the new Testament side of things. Cause since that's sure. the new Testament is more applicable to our lives today, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, but that's my initial reaction. <laughs> Sorry. I know it's a little bit scattered. No, that's good. Um, um, oh, you want me to share about that now? Or you're, yeah, yeah, I didn't you know if you had any more. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that it's, um, so I, I know that for, I think that it is Abraham that is the first um, person that we, you know, see in the Bible, you know, giving the 10% to uh, <clears throat> the guy that I can't say his name, um, Melchizedek, um, you know, and but even I could say it's actually even before then, because we see it in um, in Cain and Abel, because we're you know he talks about giving you know your first fruits, and and why was he why was God not didn't honor um, Cain's and he honored Abel's? So for me, I'm like it, it shows up a lot of different times. Like why would God not not so? But that's like one in the beginning that I see is because um, Cain. Bible talks about how Cain gave God some of his crop and, and, you know, it doesn't say that he gave like the first of his crop, like the best of his crop. Um, but like how Abel gave like his first and best. And so things like that <clears throat> I've seen show up in the old Testament a lot more times, um, talking about first fruits or, um, I don't have that in front of me, but I, I, I there are, um, I do have some verses around me, um, but, uh, oh, so like Proverbs three, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. So there's verses like that, um, in different parts, of course, Malachi, when Malachi three, when, uh, I guess the children of Israel were not giving their tithes and God was, um, yeah, speaking to them about, about 
like robbing from him. So things like that. Of course, I don't, back then it wasn't money as we have it today, but it was more like your, you know, cause they did, they did uh, sacrifices. So it was more like your, your first fruits or your, your, the best of your flock, you know, the, yeah, the firstborn of, of, you know, it was all these, it was all these, th- these different pieces, but um, that's where I see it more in the old Testament um, where, you know, where God talks about that. Um, so, I mean, I, I do have some thoughts cause it's not in, it's not in the new Testament, you know, like the, the, not necessarily like, like the act of tithing, but I, I guess there's just a lot of things from old Testament to new, to new Testament that, you know, what do we bring over? What do we not? Cause there's definitely mm-hmm. things we bring over, you know, we, we honor the, the 10 commandments. And so it's always been a, <clears throat> I think a struggle in the church. Like, what do we, you know, cause there's some, there's some Levitical law that doesn't necessarily apply to us today. You of course, like, uh, like shaving beards and, you know, like all these different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Like, where do we bring, you know, what do we bring over? What do we not bring over? Um, for my own personal, again, I, I'm hope I, I, I never, like, I, I know that this podcast is like, is awesome because we could just talk about the different things that we believe and not, we're not for the listeners. Heath and I are not ever trying to change each other's minds. And we hope that you, it comes across that we're not trying to change your mind about anything, but that we're having a conversation, you know, that just the different things that we believe and why we believe them. And um, so just, I wanted to say that too, for myself and, um, and for the listeners too. But um, so the thing that like really, um, I, I see like in Malachi three, of course, that's the, the verse where it, you know, talks about like, um, it, you know, it's where, uh, God says like, you've robbed me. And they're like, how, how did we rob you? And, and all this stuff. And, um, <clears throat> you know, he talks about because they haven't, they haven't given their tithe. Um, he, he says in your tithes and contributions, um, uh, but like the first, if you look at verse six, I, uh, like kind of where he starts talking about this, I love, cause he, for me, this is what, what brings it for me. Like, maybe I should still do this because verse six says for I, the Lord do not change. Therefore you old children of Jacob are not consumed. And then from the days of your fathers, uh, you have turned aside my statutes. And then he taught, then that's when he starts talking about tithe. And so it just, when I see things like that personally for myself, I'm like, okay, so he's reminding us that he doesn't change. Should I take this whole concept into consideration that he doesn't change? So that's why I've always like, yeah, I've always taken this with me as a New Testament Christian. But also it's hard. It's hard, Heath. It really is. Like there's a lot of concepts in the in the Old Testament that don't apply. And like is tithing one of them? Um, I can't say for sure. I just can say for my own conviction of you know how i read the bible so yeah Yeah. that's that's where i come from it you know yeah for sure and i so you know kind of looking at that verse that you pointed out in malachi you know i believe that god does not change Mm -hmm. but i also i also think you know to myself well there is a like you kind of hit on is that where what elements do you bring over from the law and and what elements do you not and i think Mm -hmm. that if Jesus fulfilled the law, if he truly fulfilled the entire law, then do we bring anything over? Hmm. Because 
I'm not saying like, I'm not saying like, yeah, so, okay, you, you can go get murder. You can go murder people now. Cause that would, I'm not saying that. Right. But like, so the new covenant to me is following Jesus' commands. So the new covenant mm-hmm. to me is loving God and loving my neighbor. And obviously you're not going to go murder somebody if you love people. So yeah. I think that like more like for moral purposes and morality, like those 10 commandments are definitely symbolic and um, are important because they still kind of equal out to, well, you're not going to go do that kind of stuff if you, if you truly love people mm-hmm. um, and you're following Jesus' commands of the new covenant. Yeah. Um, so for me sometimes, and again, I do have some cynicism with the church. So I'll, sometimes it is tainted by that a little bit, but I have like practical examples as well as talking strictly theological examples. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the big kickers for me is I'll t- let's talk about life examples first is that yeah. Nicole, Nicole and I have um, not been regular tithers, our entire marriage, our entire relationship. Um, and we have never missed out on God's blessing. Um, we have had times of want and need, and mm-hmm. we've had times of plenty. Uh, I would argue that every tither has those same seasons that like you said, even though there were times when it felt like you couldn't make ends meet, you could, but you still like, it still worked out. Right. Like you mm-hmm. were in a needy place, even though you're a regular tither. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to dismantle God's blessing or trying <clears throat> to dismantle that idea. Um, I just think that everyone has those seasons. Hmm. Um, and we definitely had them, yeah. but I've, you know, monetarily I've been blessed. Um, but I've also been blessed in other things, not tied directly to money mm-hmm. without tithing. Yeah. And so, so whether or not it ties directly to the principle, I have a problem with, again, going back to that kind of what I feel is manipulation of the church from sometimes, not all the time where they say like, you're like things like you're going to miss out on God's blessing for your life. If you don't tithe. And Nicole, I, that drove me further away, actually, hmm. from the idea of tithing. Because I would say, in my mind, challenge them and say, point to me in my life where I miss out on God's blessing. Mm-hmm. So unless God's blessing was for me to be a, a millionaire, and that's <clears throat> what his intent was for my life, I will never know that. Hmm. I've, but I've never been where I felt like I actually missed out on God's blessing for my life. Never yeah. felt that once. Um, and so going to the theological principle of it is that interesting. I was doing a little bit of research on this and I found an article that again, I'm not the type of person that takes an article and says, okay, that's perfect. That's what I believe but it did align with my thoughts already. So it was kind of like mm-hmm. a supporting documentation, if you will, to things <clears throat> that I already had thought. Yeah. Um, and that is an interesting food for thought point, And you can respond to this is Jesus speaking strictly theological. At what point was the law fulfilled? Was it fulfilled at Jesus's birth? 
mm-hmm. or was it fulfilled at Jesus's death and resurrection? Because <clears throat> there's a lot of verses in the New Testament where, where Jesus praises tithing, mm-hmm. but in that same breath is praising things like, and like the, like the old sacrifices of the law. Mm. And there's no Christians out there today saying, let's go kill animals on an altar. Yeah. So I, I believe that you look at that in context of the counterparts that Jesus was, was, was referencing. He was referencing people who followed the law. He was referencing the Pharisees, Sadducees, and the, common, the commoners who mm-hmm. knew the law, followed the law, the law's commands. And the law's commands had tithing. Yeah. Jesus himself lived under the law. He had to. He had to fulfill the law. He'd be a perfect person so that he fulfilled the law so that he could, so that when he died, my belief, when he died, that's the moment it was fulfilled. He was the sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice. Yeah. And final sacrifice that, that fulfilled the law. So I think for Jesus and the people he was talking to in the Bible, that tithing was a normal thing. Hmm. But as soon as the law was fulfilled on his death, <clears throat> those are where the principles die and we have a new set of principles going forward. Yeah. I, got, I mean, I, I wonder what, so um, like the topic of fulfilling the law, like, what does that mean mm-hmm. like to you? I, I mean, I'm wondering it for myself, like, what does the fulfillment of the law mean? You know, um, like when Jesus f- fulfilled the law, I, I do agree with the, you know, that's why he told us that basically the, the most important commandment now is to love, love God and love our neighbor as herself. Um, and if we're doing that, then we are fulfilling the law, right? Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> Uh, or then we, then we, then we like, we're obeying the law is, is what he's saying. But I guess I'm wondering what the word fulfilling fulfillment means, you know, in, in that reference. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, maybe I'm asking you, I'm, I'm something I need to, to look up, honestly. Yeah. I mean, and I haven't really fully studied it out or anything like that, you know, uh, to, to be a hundred percent honest. I'm not, again, kind of tying back to our last episode where I talk about how, my, my points are very much coming from a, a, a fluid standpoint, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not here to change your mind. You're not here to change my mind. We're here to have yeah. a conversation. God can change my mind. And if we're, if I'm swimming down the river of faith and God's like, you're wrong here and I'm going to correct you. I'm open to that. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. <clears throat> but I haven't fully studied it out. So I don't like, you know, f- f- so for me, just my basic understanding of it is that we no longer have to live by those strict set of rules. Cause the law was very much like black and white. Yeah, totally. Very strict. Here are the things that, here are the things you do and here are the things you don't do. Yeah. No, that makes sense. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, that's kind of how I see the fulfillment of the law as well. I mean, that's what makes it hard for me, um, you know, to really know, uh, to really know that, but it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it is, it's a very interesting topic because I think that even on that line of like God changing like my heart, I feel like I've never heard God in prayer, like tell me not to tithe either. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, like, for sure. Would he, would he be like, Hey, you don't need to do this. Or is it like, if you tithe, like, that's cool, but you don't have to <clears throat> type of thing, you know? Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, 
It's a very interesting thing. And I know for myself, it's never been a, I never felt guilted into tithing. That's what's interesting. I've, I've felt guilted into giving like over and beyond like things like that. And like other yeah. ministries and definitely like televangelists and things like that. And, and even churches that I like to follow and watch their sermons, like giving, giving over and beyond my, my tithe, like to something else. Like I do that on my own for different charities at times, but it is, it's, it's, um, I have felt pressured into that from time to time, but maybe, maybe it's just a thing where like some people are just like, don't, I, you know, but maybe it is too. He, cause I, I've, I've been really, uh, the first church that I worked at coming out of like school, I, I really gained an appreciation for the tithe and like how my pastor took care of it. And like, and really honestly was very, had a lot of integrity with the money that came into the church. It really helped me to see like, okay, I, I kind of trust this process. I know that not every church is like that. You know, we could, right. there's plenty of stories, you know, where there's been embezzlement and horrible things, but maybe that's why it just really gave me an appreciation for the fact that like, you know, it was even to the point of like, um, you know, our youth kids were giving tithe and, and they were putting like, you know, they were writing the youth ministry name on their little thing and giving it. And he was like, that's fine. But like, I just want you to know that tithe has to go like what he believed. And like, he's like, tithe goes here. We don't touch it. Cause this is like, this is God's it's for the church. This keeps the lights on. This pays our bills. Like this is that. And like the things for the other ministries, if they want to give to that, they can. So I was like, Oh, it's really interesting. But like, and even like for missions, he was like, we don't touch missions that go straight to the, the places that we give to. Like he was just, he had a lot of integrity about that. And I had never got to see it that way. And, and mm-hmm. so maybe, maybe for me, it like, <clears throat> because of like being in a different, like, uh, like having that kind of ha- having a good atmosphere of like someone really taking care of money and like honoring it, you know, yeah. and, and like what, what people give and like, really making sure they, they handle it with like sincere integrity. And also like, almost like the fear of the Lord. I could always tell him, he's like, Hey, I just want to make sure we do this. It's not like, it wasn't like a law thing. It was like, this is people's, this is people's like hard earned money. And this is God. Like, I feel like like this is God's house. And I want to make sure we, we take care of what he's asking us to take care of. And so it really gave me appreciation for the tithes and even for other giving in the church, like missions and things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm thinking maybe it does come from for myself. <clears throat> I mean, theologically, just a different view, you know, like believing that it still applies today, but then also just like a life practice that I've seen and, and I'm seeing in other people's life that I really um yeah, I really hold on to. And 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 I would yeah. say too, like it makes sense. I think that I I there's definitely people that I I mean, we could look at you know, the richest people on earth and say that they're still like, they're still blessed, even if they're not giving their tithe. But even Christians, I think that they're still blessed and God still blesses them. I, I just, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I wonder, I, I think for me, maybe the things that I've attributed to like random checks in the mail at times when I was like, I don't have any money. Yeah. And somebody like, here's this for the right, the, like literally the exact amount. I've always attributed it to tithe. And like the fact mm-hmm. that like, like I'm, I, live out of a mindset of like, like, um, what's what I'm trying to say? Like, instead of like saying, okay, how can I afford tithe? I'm always like, 
let me give tithe and like, let me try to afford everything else. And it, it, it always ends up working out. And even if it doesn't, it's like, as soon as I'm like, how are we going to do that? It like ends up happening. So I've always attributed that. That's like the, maybe the life example I was trying to give, yeah. you know? Um, <clears throat> so those two life examples have just helped. Like that's, what's been a part of my kind of makeup of like tithe. So yeah, like I said, coming from like a church that I really felt like, man, this pastor honors the money coming in. It helps it, like I, I, like had a really great view of, of how tithe was handled. Um, and then also, so I think that that helped my, me not to get cynical. Cause I think there's so many other parts of the church that I'm like <laughs> extremely cynical about, but for some reason tithe has never been. And I yeah. think it's because of that, you know, yeah. um, like, like my life experiences. So it's really interesting how I can like personally uh, like, Oh my gosh, there's a lot of things in the, I can name a few, but I won't, but like, cause we'll probably get to them another, another podcast, but like, it's interesting how the, how tithe has always been like, no, man, I'm good. Like, but, but I, I can understand like why other people, it wouldn't be, you know, cause I think it's like life experience and also, yeah. And, and I'm also not one to say like, you're, you're sinning if you're not tithing. Like I've never yeah. thought that either. Um, I just, I think for myself, I've always just had a conviction personally, you know, but yeah. And then, and that makes that makes sense. And I want to like say too that I'm not, I'm definitely not like um, standing here as like an an anti tither, right? Yeah. Uh, like you're I'm not, not saying if you tithe, you're going, you're you're an idiot and going to hell, right? Yeah. Or like your tithing breaks my uh, it breaks my rights as a human being. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I definitely like. I don't think there's anything wrong with tithing. So I don't think that there's like a, you know, just because I don't think that it's necessarily a principle that I have to live my life by. And I don't feel that conviction and I don't feel like, you know, a requirement on my life to do so. And I, and I feel still that God has blessed me because I think that like going back to what you kind of said in the old Testament, right? Like at the beginning it was, it was giving of goods. Right. Mm -hmm. So even if you're someone who believes in tithe, my thought is, well, who's, why, why, why does it have to be dollars? You know, that was never the, that was never the the original. Right. And, and sure. Like that's what they used for currency back then. Kind yeah. of, you know, they were traders mm-hmm. and that's kind of how they, the barter system and things like that. It's kind of how they let their economy was set up. Yeah. But it was never, it was never painted clearly that like this is currency and therefore that's why you're giving it. Mm-hmm. It's giving of yourself. So like maybe, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying this, but maybe like I continue to feel God's blessing in my life because I give of myself in other ways. Hmm. Um, and I just haven't directly tied it back to, Oh, this could be considered tithe in God's eyes. Hmm. Um, as just a food for thought thing. Um, I don't know, but I, I think, so going back to what I originally brought up was, I think also too my frame, my thought of how the church runs Mm-hmm. Or how the church should operate reinforces my my feeling of why do we even need tithe? Yeah, right. Um, and again, we're gonna we, we had two different worldviews growing up, right? You definitely you had a worldview growing up of needing the tithe. Yeah, um, and I'm not saying that that's the only reason you guys did it, or that's the reason why it happened. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. 
Yeah. But it was a need. And then you also in your professional life as an adult have been in a position where you counted on that mm. to survive. And whether or not you're counting on the time <clears> of counting on God to bring in the funds, whatever it was, but you were in a position where that money did help you. Um, and so I've never been in that position. Um, but as I was kind of towards the tail end of my ministry degree, mm-hmm in ministry leadership. Um, and because of things that happened at the, at the church plant that we were part of yeah, and how everything went down and my, that's where my cynicism, my cynicism kind of started taking root. Totally. What it did for me is it made me step back and say, okay, what, what, what is the church supposed to look like? Hmm. And really take a hard look at it. And I know we talked about this even when we were part of the church. Yeah. yeah we I did. talked to you about these, about the thought thoughts I was having, but it really made me take a step back and be like, what does church mean? And so if I look at the book of Acts and I see the simplicity of church, which is gathering together as a community, assisting each other. So that not, not one person goes with want mm-hmm. and sharing of your resources so that everyone can eat, everyone can have their bills paid yeah. and I'm bringing it more into a modern, a modern uh, time frame. Yeah. Um, everyone is taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, that I believe is the simplicity and fullness of church. Mm. And so whether that's a house church or whether that's not in a house, but in another building or another space of some sort, yeah. then if I just believe that if I'm living, if I'm doing church in the simplicity, the, in the simple way that I see in the book of Acts, what, what, why is the tithe needed? Mm. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I would, you know, to add in the, you know, uh, like the book of Acts two that even in Acts two, it talks about like they met together. <clears throat> it was like four things. So it was like, uh, they devoted themselves. I think that's the words to the, like to the apostles teachings. Um, what was it like breaking a bread? I think I might have it in the, let me look at my Bible really quick. They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All believers were together and had everything in common. They sold the property. Yeah. sold the property and possessions give to anyone who had need uh, every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. I don't know what that means. Like, I don't think they, they met in the courts. So I guess they didn't meet in the temple, you know, but in the courts of the temple, mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So, I mean, I, I think there's, I think it is, you know, even goes back to, um, I know, I'm thinking a few things like I, I have, I have, such a cynical view of how church is run nowadays too. Like, mm-hmm. because I think it's gotten so like, like man focused, like there's a man and then everybody sits and watches this man, um, which puts a lot of pressure on said man, you know? Um, so yeah, I definitely like, <clears throat> that's the thing that I, I, I question like how we're doing it. I mean, I'm, I guess I've often thought 
of like the church in the book of Acts is like the, um, like the startup of the church. So like, like what was the original vision? Was it to get bigger and have these massive meetings? And, you know, like, I, I don't know. Cause I know in the book of Ephesians, like the Ephesian church actually uh, would, uh, when I was studying it and I even heard some, some other pastors talk about this, they would meet in like one of the Colosseums in Ephesus. So it's like, they, they started even meeting in like big groups. So I don't know. I don't know what, it's hard for me to know what, what the vision of the church was. I do know what I saw. And I know that, that the meeting together in homes and eating and taking care of each other is a part that we don't do very well at today, but I, I don't know. I don't know about the, <clears throat> like the larger meetings where there are larger meetings. Yes. Um, and at some points like thousands of people, but, um, it wasn't a performance. It was to meet together to like, to like devote themselves to the apostles teachings. Like that was the, one of the things in, in, in the book of Acts that like, this is what the church devoted themselves to. So I'm, I'm always like, I'm like, where does that fit in? You know? And, and I know you can yeah. do that at a home church too. And so it's like, so it's hard for me. Like, I, I don't know, I guess if, if the big, if like meeting together in, in big groups, which again, now we can't. Right. You know, so it's like, it's very interesting to see yeah. what's happening in the church today. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, if we're not meeting together, I guess it makes sense. Like, why would we need the tithe to, other than like a, a little donation to take care of donuts, you know, <laughs> right. and coffee or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like any other like an AA meeting, like they put in some, some dues for like the, the refreshments, but yeah. So, I mean, I, I get your point. It's, and it's hard, I guess it comes down to like, like, where does the, where does the big meeting fit in? Does it fit in? Are we supposed to, <clears throat> did they in the book of Acts, I can, I could point to a few times when they did, but is that supposed to be supposed to be what we continue to do? should we not do that as, as much as we focus on it? Should we focus more on the homes? And then like once in a while we do a big shindig together. You know what I mean? Like it's so hard. I, you know, that's what I'm, I'm definitely still wrestling with too, Heath. And, and, and I think the tide has to do with all that as well. Cause I, I I get with, with, I get what you're saying with um, like, why would we need the tide? Yeah. If if we were meeting in smaller groups, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's hard. For sure. And I, and I'm like, so, and this is like a rhetorical question, but just kind of one of the things I'm thinking of is like, did they pay rent at the Coliseum? Like, did they have to pay money to to meet there? What, how did it work back then? I don't even know. Like maybe a historian could, could tell us how it worked back then, but I was like, were those just public meeting spaces that anyone could just show up and use? Like, yeah, don't know. But, um, you know, with that, I believe, so, and I will say this is that I do believe in generosity. I do believe in giving of a resource. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that like Nicole and I have lived our lives by the principle that we lived our lives by is that we always want to make sure that no one that we love is, is in need. If we have a surplus, there's been many times where we have given of our surplus and I'm not trying to make myself look like a good person or a better person. That's not what I'm trying to do, but just explaining the principle we live by is that we give of our surplus to make sure that our friends and our family are not in need. Yeah. Where we can. Um, we have given our time and have been there for people who were hurting and needed people. Um, 
I know that personally because I have been one of those friends just, and I totally know that of you and Nicole. So. Yeah. I mean, and we love to be there for you. Right. I, I I like don't necessarily love the circumstances that are happening, but I love being there for you. Yeah. You know, um, and, and for Samira and for other friends that we've been there for and family we've been there for. And so I believe in generosity and sometimes that includes money. I, I just feel like I don't, I don't know if it's just in my, in my heart, I just feel like it's such a constraining, it's such a, it just feels like a law principle, right? Like the mindset of being like, and I'm not trying to say this about you. This is just me talking about myself personally. It feels like such a law principle. That's like, you have to do it. And it's mm. like, it is like, it feels like a commandment. It feels like, mm. and so like, I, I know we talked about this. It's just going back to the church thing because it mm-hmm. kind of all flows together. Is that so? I've never. I will. I will preface this by saying that I've never uh, been a part of Francis Chan's ministry. Mm-hmm. That he. So I look at Francis Chan and I know I know a couple basic facts that were public about him. Yeah. One is that he stepped away from a from a mega church uh, because it became too focused about him as a person and not on the things that he wanted to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, I give him, I give him kudos for that, for, I'm not saying that he is the prime example that every mega church pastor should follow. I'm just saying for, in his personal life, he followed the conviction of God and he stepped away from yeah. that ministry when he felt like it was becoming too central focused. So I have respect for him as a, as a pastor and as a person for that. <clears throat> um, but then when he started the home church ministry that he started in San Francisco mm-hmm. uh, and or around the Bay area of California, which I know he's no longer head of now. Um, oh, he's not anymore. I didn't know that. No. Yeah. yeah. He's, I think he's back into the full-time mission field now. I think he's, I think he moved his whole family over to China maybe, or somewhere oh, wow. over in, the, in East Asia. Um, he established these like basic principles that I felt, I felt really resonated with me. And if you looked over like the principles of the, of what he established, it was like, and again, I'm going to paraphrase and not quote, I don't have them in front of me and I don't remember them word for word, but things like that the leaders of the home churches were uh, not paid. It was all volunteer. Um, they were expected to be bivocational. And I do see that in the new Testament, right? Mm-hmm. I see that, like you, like you mentioned already, that Paul was bi- bivocational. Uh, yes, he was not planted in a certain place to be the permanent yeah. person of that, the, per- the, the permanent leader of that uh, area. But he made a living doing something with his hands. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to say that everyone has to do something with their hands, but you know, he, he did something that he can make money at um, to make a living that the money that was brought in any donations and they weren't called tithe. If I remember correctly, maybe he did call it tithe and I'm not sure, but any money that was brought in was distributed out to the group. Mm-hmm. Um, it covered the needs. So like if it was, if, if, it, if it was at the leader's house, yes, there would be like some money given to the leader for bills, make sure that they can pay for, you know, a meal yeah. or, you know, the whole of the group as a whole would bring a meal to eat together, but they always ate a meal together <clears throat> after every service. They would come for teaching, they would come for a meal, and then they would do outreach to the communities around them. And the money also went out to the community around them. 
So if they walked down the street, for example, and someone was like, I, like, I can't pay my, my rent this month, the money went to, to helping that person pay their rent. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> not every church, but there are so many people who go to church faithfully who don't have enough to get by. And they still don't have enough to get by. And I'm not saying where's God's blessing Mm. on their life, but maybe the church is also missing the mark in playing a role in God's blessing in that person's life Mm -hmm. by giving of the surplus (laughs) the church has. And I know that not every church has a surplus. They should. I mean, I, I think they should. I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, I, just even being able to be in meetings where like, um, cause there's different things that, you know, your the tithe breaks down into, and it's, it should be, this is what I believe. And I don't even think this is like biblical, but I do believe, well, it is biblical. And in fact, with what you're saying, like there should be a benevolence portion of the, of the tithe. Like it goes for personally, like what I've seen it and what we did even at the church plant that we had is we had some set aside for benevolence if someone needed it, you know what I mean? Um, that, uh, for, you know, the bills of the church and, you know, to help, you know, pay those in, in the ministry, like the pastors or whatever. Um, so I do think if a church is not doing that, they are missing the mark because that is, I think that's clear in, the Bible, like, what are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be taking care of widows and orphans. We're supposed to be taking care of those who who don't have enough. We're supposed to be sharing with what we have. So I, I agree with you. I think that, yeah, I, I think that that's a, a piece that if that's not happening, that's, um, that's not okay. I yeah. completely agree with you. I also just real quick want to make a correction statement to what I said earlier when I was like, I felt, I felt guilted into, I, I would say that I was more guilted into giving overall. But mm-hmm. that churches a lot of times tie them together. You know, they always say tithes and offerings, tithes and offerings, yes. tithes and offerings. So the guilt, I think, in my mind applied to both. Yeah. Um, I totally get that. I think, know, I, think, I think the teaching of it is so <laughs> – I, sometimes I don't like – and I used to do this as a youth pastor, like just throw any, any person that's in like leadership up there to do the – hey, just go up there and talk about giving and stuff. I'm like, well, that's, you know, that's kind of dangerous because um, you can get some bad theology, you know, like, let me share my story. And then this is this is why you should give. And so that gets messy, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. especially if you're, <laughs> it's like, well, that's not, that's not good theology. I mean, it's a cool story, I guess, but. <laughs> well, and then you get people who go up on stage who talk about Paul's talking donkey <clears throat> and that definitely never happened. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was me that talked about that. So. Did you? Talk, I talked, I told the youth group that Paul had a talking donkey. Paul. <laughs> Paul's donkey talked to him. Why can't mine? Yeah. Why not? Do- he was, he was the, there was, a, there was, there was a talking donkey. They it, thought it, it was not Paul's. <laughs> yeah. I was really Balaam. quickly. It was Balaam's. I learned very quickly that I uh, shouldn't just spout things out without looking it up first. Cause it was definitely one of those like in the heat of the moment. I was trying to prove, I was trying to prove the point that I had planned out and went off script and just said it. Didn't even look it up. Didn't even like confirm it. It just that's came a, out of my mouth. 
that's another topic we could talk about forever. <laughs> like uh, I was talking to my wife a few weeks ago about when things are like in a, in a service kind of go awry. Like, I don't know, you have technical difficulties and somebody goes up like the pastor to grab a mic and just start like, I'm just going to ad lib this. We'll see what happens. That could get yeah. real dangerous. I've seen a lot of yeah. things where I'm like, Oh, I'm cringing at what you're saying. Don't just stop. Yeah. Just, just play a video. I don't know. Do something. I don't know. Just, <laughs> just, just the like, dance. I don't care. Don't, don't speak. Cause you're just, just don't say the words you're saying right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anyway, it's not always like that, but there's been times where I'm like, Oh geez. Anyway. So, yeah, I mean, I think that kind of, for me anyway, if you have anything else you want to say, feel free to, 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 pick, to, to throw it in there. I just, for me, kind of sums up my thoughts on it and where I stand. Yeah, I, I think what I would say, Heath, is for myself, and maybe what I can encourage listeners, um, you know, all of our listeners, all thousands of them. The multitudes. The multitudes of our listeners. Um, one that I know in specific this is this goes out to you and you know who you are um your initials are al al let me make it clear you your last name is the name of a chain of upscale hotels <laughs> uh, you know who you are anyway um <laughs> um yeah so I, I would say for anything that you're doing or for tithing for any anything that has to do with the church and what you feel, what you, what you, if you don't know what God's calling you to do, um, I, I would just say, spend some time praying and listening and reading the Bible, you know, like just, and yeah. cause I think for all of us, we got to figure this out for ourselves. You know, you, we can't just take what one person is saying, or even like, what everybody, what we feel like a lot of people are saying and just be like, okay, I'm going to believe that. Cause they say it like we, uh, we need to, to figure this out on our own. Our, our, our relationship with God is our own. It's our personal relationship with God. And, and, and we need to know what we believe and why we believe it. And so I would say that for all of us, like for myself, um, yeah. that's what I try to do in my life. Like, I think what I've been learning lately, Heath is, is to like, Sometimes I, I pray and I don't listen. So I've been trying to listen more. Honestly, a few weeks ago, I went out in the woods and I just listened. It was actually really cool because God spoke to me. Um, awesome. Like it was like a donkey that came up to me and started talking, but <laughs> just kidding. Um, I would just encourage, yeah, people to do that, especially if, if you're like me and we're talking about taboo issues. These are just things to pray about, like look up, study. Don't take my word for it. Don't take Heath's word for it. Don't take Paul's donkey's word for it. <laughs> That's look at I that donkey. You could look at that donkey and be like, if if man, it was between a, if it was between me, Heath, and the donkey, I would definitely trust the donkey more. But uh, especially if the donkey's talking. If the donkey's talking, I would I would trust anything that donkey's uh, saying. That can get a little like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then you just sit back and you're like, whoa, what an ass. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? But I'm kidding. PG-13 podcast, everybody. <laughs> oh, man. I was... Anyway. That reminds me of a story at the zoo. <laughs> My son was like, what is that? And I was going to read the sign. And it said, like, African wild ass. And I was like, it's a donkey. 
I'm just going to just leave it there. He knows what a donkey is. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, All right. Well, I guess with that, then we throw it over to our listeners, right? So what do you, you know, if you're listening to this, what do you, what do you feel on tithing? Um, Feel free to comment on, uh, on our Facebook and let us know or, or, or tweet at us and, or post something. You can MySpace us. You can MySpace us too, you know, uh, just kidding. Give us give MySpace us. We'll, we'll definitely put you in our top eight. If you MySpace us today, <laughs> you get top eight status. You'd be top um, one because we don't have a MySpace or any friends. So, <laughs> but yeah, so. And with that, uh, all of our listeners, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Taboo Church Pod. Rate us and subscribe to our podcast uh, in the app of your choice. Um, you can also email us at taboo.church at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any ideas for future episodes, things, questions you want us to talk about, we'd love to, uh, yeah, just to get back at you in that way. Keith, it's been great. It's been good. I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad that we had this conversation. I think it went well. I think that we both got to share our hearts and our view on it, and that's that's all I ask for, right? It's just a, a place where we can mutually talk about our feelings, Amen, brother. Amen, brother. This has been therapy with Heath and Sean, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>